0: Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world.
1: Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show and Voice America Business Channel. We're broadcasting across the world from Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood, California, where technology meets entertainment. Now, a listener raised a really interesting question during the week. Are Amazon and Uber really the disruptive forces that we all think they are, or are they just destroying some great industries for the sake of it? And his argument was that Amazon's lost money on its online product segment, For over 20 years running, losses are up in the billions. So, sure, they're making money now, but the listener says that the profits are all from cloud and not from online sales. Now, I haven't had a chance to um, check whether that's true or not, but if they haven't made any money being disruptive with retail sales online, then... Are they really changing anything? I mean, uh, Uber's in a similar situation. Last year, Uber lost $3.6 billion. But again, are they viable in the long term or are they just screwing up the hotel industry without providing a uh, a viable business model? So Uber and Amazon... If they're not making any money, have they just fucked the industry for the sake of it? That's food for thought. Let me know what you think. Now, why do you buy a product or pay for a service? What motivates your customers to say, yes, I'll buy that, or yes, I'll do that? Persuasion. So let's discuss the six principles of persuasion That everybody in business should know. For many years, companies have used great catchy campaigns like Procter and Gamble, "Thank You, Mum," or my favourite, K's Jewelers. Every kiss begins with K. Remember that? I love that. I think it's very clever. Now, a lot of companies understand the science behind what makes you say yes, and you can thank Doctor. Dr. Robert Cialdini for that. Watch the social experiment video on Facebook called Most People Are Sheep. So just go to Facebook, type in Most People Are Sheep and watch it. It is fascinating. People do what other people want them to do. So in in the um, Most People Are Sheep video, a person stands... When a group of people are standing, they're all sitting around in a reception area. When a bell goes off, everybody stands up. So a new person walks in who's not familiar with it. They sit down in the waiting room. As soon as the horn thing blows, the people sort of look around at everybody else standing and ignore it. But by the third time the horn blows and everybody stands up, This person also begins to stand up when the horn's blown. So they do what they observe other people doing. It's based on the idea of safety in numbers. I think you've all probably seen the elevator example where three people get into an elevator and face the back of the elevator, which is pretty unusual, right? You get in, you face the back. The next person that gets in faces the back of the elevator. Nobody's told them to. They just do it. And in that experiment, halfway through the elevator, road, people turn around and face the other direction, sideways. And everybody in the elevator does it. They just follow. So anybody shopping on Amazon, for example, can read tons of customer feedback on any product. So you start to do what other people do? Safety in numbers. Some business show that they've got millions of Facebook likes and Twitter followers. Again, you want to do this because there's safety in numbers. So, whether we admit it or not, most of us are impressed when somebody has a ton of subscribers, Twitter followers, YouTube views, multiple blog reviews for their upcoming book or something, or etc. So, we look at that. We're impressed. So we follow suit. Now, many companies use these principles to get you to buy their product or service. Kyle Deeney identified the six principles of persuasion. And these are the underlying factors that influence decisions and how to get their customers to make more positive responses. Now, the six principles are the first one is Reci- reciprocity. So when somebody gives you a free, unexpected gift, they're more likely to sit and listen to a product's features. They're more likely to donate to a cause or tip a waitress more money. If you give something, provide information or give free samples or give a positive experience, people want to give you something in return. That's just human nature. So, Netflix, Amazon, HubSpot, etc., all offer a free service for a stipulated period. Bloggers offer a free download, free webinars, free ebooks. They understand that we are wired to return those favors and will feel more obligated to buy something from them. The second One is commitment and consistency. People take pride in being true to their words. So whether it's oral or whether it's written, if you make those commitments, they're powerful persuasive techniques. People will honor agreements even after the original incentive or motivation is no longer present. For instance, if you ask your team members if they'll support your next initiative, Getting them to answer yes makes them much more powerfully committed to an action. Conversion Voodoo helped the mortgage company increase their completed application conversion rates by more than 11% with the simple addition of a commitment checkbox. That simple act of engagement by ticking the box inspired customers to make a larger commitment. Social proof is the third one. Now, we dealt with social proof earlier, and people will usually follow the crowd. There is safety in numbers. Another motivating factor is likability. People naturally associate with individuals who are like they are, and this applies to business as well as in your personal life. Customers tend to buy from companies they like and the more similarities being between you and the brand the more positive that relationship so the more similarities between the customer and the brand the more positive that relationship will be customers design their products their services their logos their websites their outlets etc to mirror their customers because people want to deal with people that are like them. Next one is authority. You are more likely to take instruction from a person you perceive to be an authoritative person. This can lead the average person to accept what a person in authority is saying without questioning them. So when people are uncertain, they don't look to themselves for answers. They look to an authority. And we're not talking about somebody being in authority, but being an authority. Nike has an association with very successful athletes who are considered to be an authority in their sport. So with that relationship, Nike has become an authoritative brand in the world of sports apparel. And the final one that influences and gets you persuaded to say yes and buy is scarcity. Scarcity relates to supply and demand. The less there is of something, the more valuable it is, the more you want it. For example, a lot of companies use, don't miss this chance. Book your spots early. Limited seating available. So if you create an environment of scarcity, you'll create a demand for your product or service. So if you follow those six principles, they're all very powerful, and you can have a combination of many of those, and you will persuade people. You'll persuade people to buy. You'll persuade people to say yes, because they bypass our rational mind, and they appeal to our subconscious Instincts. We buy because of our subconscious, not because of our conscious. Hey, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and listen up. This is a very important message for every business. If you want to do business with people and stop leaving money on the table, you need to set your prices right. There are three ways you can make more money sell more, increase your prices or make more profit per item. But it's important to set those prices correctly. You want to be at a price where people are happy to buy and happy to pay the most you can get for your product. So if you want to set your prices right, go to a ten a Tenga, a T E N G A dot com, that is A T E N G A dot com, and download a free ebook called Seven Easy Steps to Successfully Increasing Prices. The guy who owns this company, Per Sofas, is a very good friend of mine. He's a member of Metal, he's straight up and down, and he's, he's an amazing guy. And he has turned around hundreds of companies simply by setting their prices correctly. I'm not exaggerating. He is something else. So, if and he he says he can get your money back in four to six weeks. Your total investment in using a Tenga to look at your prices and set them scientifically so you maximize the amount of money you get, he can get you your total investment back in as little as four to six weeks. So, go to com and do it. Now, the question for you. What are teens' favourite brands as of April 2017? Well, Nike is still on top of the clothing and shoe brand, but Adidas is quickly staging a comeback. Snapchat remains the top social network for teens' attention, but Facebook's decline may not be as dramatic as some analysts that have predicted. And Chick fil A has joined Starbucks at the top of the teens' preferred restaurants. In the latest Taking Stock with Teens report, analysts and investment firm Piper Jaffray surveyed 5,500 teens with an average age of 16 and an average household income of $66,100. They found two key trends. Firstly, teen spending has been falling gradually since 2014. Second, teens are shifting their spending towards experiences. Now, food is now the single largest category for teenagers' wallets, accounting for 24% of their spending, followed by clothing, which accounts for 19%. And 10 years ago, the exact opposite was the case, with teens spending a lot more money on clothing. The clear winners are Starbucks, which has remained teens' top restaurant choice for at least the last 7 years, and Chick-fil-A, which has recently leapfrogged Chipotle, McDonald's, and Olive Garden among their favorite eateries. Teens are increasingly showing a preference for limited-service restaurants versus full-service eateries like Olive Garden, and this is a trend that goes back seven or eight years. Not surprisingly, time spent at the mall has been declining, whereas online shopping has been growing, with Amazon now ranking as the teen's top online retailer. Nike remains the favourite clothing brand, American Eagle and Forever 21 next in line. A decade ago, this picture looked a hell of a lot different, with teens preferring Hollister, which is... Abercrombie Abercrombie and Fitch as their top clothing brand, but the retailers struggled to make a comeback among declining sales over the last few years. Meanwhile, Snapchat remains the king when it comes to social media, with 81% of teens indicating that they used the app in the last month and 79% naming it as one of their top three social platforms. Interesting, though. Analysts note the story for Facebook isn't anywhere near as dire as many people on Wall Street had uh, feared. Despite heavy competition, declines in Facebook's level of engagement among teens are stalled and Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, continues to be a close number two two to Snapchat. This is very positive for Facebook as it uh, conflicts with the belief that Snapchat is causing continual decline in usage. Instagram and even good old-fashioned email outranks Snapchat, Twitter and Facebook as teens preferred channel to hear about new products and promotions. Finally, the iPhone continues to reign as the top smartphone among teens with 81% reporting that they expect their next phone to be an iPhone and that's the highest level ever recorded in the survey. Now don't forget I put out a daily 30-second read newsletter every single day, and uh, you can be the smartest guy. You're, you go out to dinner with your boss, they will be so impressed that you know the basics on a new subject every single day. So you listen to it for a month. There's 30 very important subjects of things that are happening today that you're going to know about, and they're going to be blown away by just how smart you are. My guest today is also smart. Vincent Dignan, he's a growth hacker. He went from being on welfare, he lived in his car, I mean he was down and out absolutely stone broke, to launching websites that received millions of visitors, getting into tech stars and giving 100 talks on growth hacking across the world in 2016. His fast-paced, extremely practical talk. If you're a tech head, he he will wow you, was voted Best Workshop at South by Southwest Vision 2 Venture Conference in 2015. In a few minutes after this break, I will talk to Vincent about his remarkable rise to fame, but first we're going to have a pause on the Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome
1: back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Business Show, where over the last five years, we've given you insights into the lives of over 300 of the world's most interesting business people. We talk about what they do, what their successes are, And basically what we try to do is find out what makes them tick. You know, it's extremely difficult to create a successful business and we all need all the help that we can get. And that's why it's important to listen to shows like these and uh, listen to the experts, what they do, what they've done so that you can emulate them and not make the same mistakes that many people have made before you. The other thing I think that's important and that we stress all the time is the need to have mentors. You need to surround yourself with people who will give you straight advice, people who have been successful before and will tell you exactly the way it is, not people who will go and you know patronise you and tell you a whole bunch of bullshit just to make you feel good. You need people that will give you really serious advice. Every business, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a dry-cleaning store or you're developing a new app, we all face the same challenges And we all start off with a dream, we persevere, we overcome obstacles, and about 2 to 5% of people are successful. Many entrepreneurs try to do it on their own because of a lack of contacts, often because of a lack of money, uh, networks they usually don't have. Um, But most people who try that approach fail. And this is perfect for me because one of the areas in which I am very weak, is in the social media area. Um, And uh, I went along to Metal, where I'm a member. I go every week that I can. Uh, I saw a guy named Vincent Dignan, who absolutely blew away a room full of the smartest guys in tech. Metal is made up of people in the media, entertainment and technology business who are all absolutely at the top of their game. There's billionaires and millionaires and hundreds of millionaires, and it's an unbelievable group. And Vincent just knocked them out, put them on their ass. It was unbelievable. So um, I've tracked down Vincent in in London. This guy's a one-man wrecking crew. He's incredible. So... I'll give you a bit about him. He's um, a writer, a growth hacker. He's a part-time comedian. He's actually quite funny, but his content's unbelievable. He went from being on welfare to launching websites which receive millions of visitors, getting into tech stars and giving 100 talks on growth hacking across the world just this year. Now, we who are speakers, um, you know, it's hard to get 20 jobs. Fale S100. His past face, extremely practical talk, was voted Best Workshop at South by Southwest Vision vision to Venture Conference in Las Vegas. He's a world-renowned speaker on growth hacking, personal branding, content marketing, and crowdfunding. Now listen to this. Vincent founded PlanetIvy.com and ScrewRobot.com, and they've received nearly 20 million page views without any paid marketing spend, and uh, content that he's overseen for other people has received over 150 million page views so far. This guy is extraordinary. Vincent, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show.
2: Hello, it's a pleasure to
1: be here. So I wish you were here. I bet you, I bet you wish you were in Los Angeles rather than being in London.
2: <laughs> Man, I have to turn the fire on here in London. Six <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon, it's getting cold
1: in here. <laughs> yeah. um, your online magazine, Planet Ivy, um, I saw it described as a pinch of toilet humour, a bit of tongue-in-cheek, a mix of satire and a dash of poetic excellence and licence. And it's done extraordinarily well. How did you come up with the idea and how did it develop so quickly into such a huge success?
2: I was speaking to my ex and she said I had to do something. So I thought, well, what I actually like doing is writing. So I was thinking about maybe doing a Tumblr blog. I was like, oh, there's, there's not really much money in doing a Tumblr blog. So then that night, I had a dream that I would create an online magazine where the writers would be stars instead of musicians. And the next day, I registered the domain planetivy.com because I wanted something cool that maybe Little Wayne would wear on a T-shirt. And then um, step one was direct sales. I got on the phone. I called up every university in the country, and I said, I'm building the coolest magazine in the UK do you want to write for it? So I would I would have to get job ads out on student places. Yeah. So I said, I can't pay you, but I'll give you editorial feedback and a bigger platform than your own blog. But so right. that was the first 100, 200 writers just uh, hustling because I knew there'd be a demand to do that because back then in 2012, there really wasn't that many places to blog. There wasn't uh, something with massive outreach like Medium around. So we quickly scooped up a lot of writers, and I straight away uh, focused entirely on traffic. So, business lesson number one, you only need to do well at one metric, particularly if you're running a venture capital driven business. I only knew one friend in the entire magazine industry, and I cycled over to meet her. And I said, um, so you're in the magazine industry, I don't know anything, what should I do? And she said, just focus on getting traffic. If you get traffic, brands will want to work with you and you'll get investment. So that's what we did. The brand name was okay, the website looked okay, and it didn't look actually that good. The content was okay, but we really hammered down traffic. Straight out the gate, we were looking for places that would give us traffic, and we actually had 25,000 visitors in our second week. Jeez. We had a post blow up, um, me and my co-founder, which just had no idea about. Um, it blew up, we got 25,000, within six months, we had 300,000 visitors a month. We had 300,000 visitors a month, three months running, and that's when we pitched for funding. And then someone who just left Facebook was in the audience randomly. Saw us, introduced us to free investors, and then two of them put a quarter million dollars in. It really was that simple.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's simple, yeah, right. Uh, so <laughs> I, I,
2: when, when I meet people now who are doing online magazines, like, I do think this is really, really hard um, to do again. We, like, at, at some points, it was something that could only happen now. Um, right. It used to be a lot easier to get traffic from Google, Twitter, and Facebook than it is now. Facebook didn't have the stranglehold over the world and over monetization. It's very hard now to get uh, an ad-driven business money because your targeting will never be as good as Facebook. So there were a few things going on which meant that, you know, we were in the right place at the right time. But I generally tell people who are building content businesses, uh, have your content businesses live on other platforms. For me, the best content business of recent times is News Now they don't have a website, uh, now this news. They only exist on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on the places people are already and they produce content natively for those platforms and then people pay them for uh, advertorials and sponsor content. That would be my advice for anyone building uh, a content-driven business. You have to be big on these other platforms and just get the audience there. Don't try and drag them onto your website.
1: Right. Let me just paint a picture for somebody who's listening. Um, when you first see Vincent, he is unusual, to say the least. He's quite tall and thin. He wears a, clothes that are an absolute kaleidoscope of, of colour, um, boots that look like they should be worn on, the, on Mars, and he, he is just this dynamo. Have you always been like that? Have you always had this bent to be a deliverer of fantastic content, but really a performer as well?
2: I used to dress somewhat like that, like five, six years ago. And then when I started the VC game, I mean, trying to get money for venture capitalists and I got into the Techstars Accelerator, I had to smarten up, so I kind of like had a period where I didn't do it. And then, over time, I was like, oh, maybe I can dress a little more like this. And then David Bowie died in January, and my mum gave me a couple of magazines, you know, to commemorate the passing of yeah. the Thin White Duke. And I was looking through them in January this year, and I was thinking, am I really living up to the spirit of Bowie? And I, I think the answer was no, so I invented this whole new look um i'd never worn the gold sneakers before i never worn the multi fur jacket before um so i invented this look from head to toe and then my very first date of the hundred, of the well my third or fourth day of the world tour was in austin texas where i wore it for the first time um and uh yeah it, it went down really well and uh i've kept it literally every day since it's one much- of the rules of fame never break character it is, if you're going to the laundrette, you yeah, dress like this. You know? I, if you're going to get groceries, you dress like this. <laughs> it, it can't be something you put on
1: occasionally. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> but it's unbelievable. It, it really creates an impression. Um, so how did you go from being on welfare to where you are now, running around the world, speaking, addressing every major conference there is? How did How did you make that transition? How did you get the confidence to go? Usually when people are on welfare they're despondent, they've you know, got more hang-ups than a dry cleaner. How did you sort of break that?
2: Well, so uh, Planet Ivy, well the, the answer of course is money. Um, Planet Ivy um, gave uh, my company a quarter million dollars and the first thing I did was pay myself three months in advance I pay myself a very low wage at Planet Ivy like all founders yep. but uh, the day it came in I paid myself three months in advance so I, meant, I went from uh, minus $3,000 to <laughs> 2000 or so overnight I was like wow the power of money and when you don't have to worry about money um, it's really easy to focus in on yourself and your goal yep. which is one reason that I think uh, a lot of these productivity gurus uh, and all these people who make money online guys kind of miss out uh, if, people, if people can't meet their rent or they can't look after their family it's really hard to get them to focus on doing a business it's really hard so for instance I caused a mayhem this week with a post that I did that said look, here, is, here is a method anyone can make money with literally this week and it is join all the fan clubs of rock bands who are touring arenas Certainly in the UK, um, and get the pre-sale tickets, and then buy and then sell them on eBay and secondary sites like Get Me In uh, and Seatwave as soon as they go live on mainstream sale. So for instance, I said here are the links to Coldplay. You can get their pre-sale tickets using an American Express card and sell them for two x their value. I was wrong when I put that. You can put them up to 240 x as Adele did. Anyway, I put out online and said, look, anyone who wants to make money by focus on their startup, do this. Half the people said, this is brilliant, I can do it. And the other half said, this is wrong. Um, and then people were saying they don't have the growth mindset. So in short, um, getting that investment money was the turning point. Um, like before that, I just had a focus that I had to do it because I had no choice. Right. And um, if you think that a lot of entrepreneurs like me, they have actually have similar stories. All of us were... Broke um, in some form or another. I think it's uh, that Damon John. I think the guy from Shark Tank yep. uh, calls it the power of broke. Yep. It's Actually, very similar amongst many, many self-made entrepreneurs. Um, we've all been broke, so we all have that desperation. And I think it's really important to have that desperation and then turn it into inspiration. So, so that's really where the turning of the planet. IV Planet Ivy then raised a small second round when it got into the textiles accelerator. And then after the tech accelerator, we then launched a marketing agency, which uh, was all the skills I learned who make things go viral turn into an agency. And that was pr- profit generating from day one. So I launched that. And then last year, uh, I realized by accident the power of public speaking to meet new clients. And then I started doing that and started getting a lot of new clients. And then this year, um, I'm just having fun with it.
1: Yeah if, you, if, if you're listening out there and are looking for an unbelievable speaker, apart from me, um, okay. Vincent Vincent is your boy. He is extraordinary. Now you speak about your five biggest regrets from your time building a company, mm-hmm. um, albeit the fact that you were successful almost instantly, what, what are the five biggest regrets?
2: <laughs> if you have them written down on a blog article I've written I'd like to have them read back to me um, 5 biggest regrets um, well uh, firstly none because they got me to where I am now Yeah. Um, other things that would have helped uh, you mentioned having a mentor believe it or not I'd never had a mentor until two and a half weeks ago alright ok Never had a mentor and now I have two and they're both amazing and I can see how powerful it is. And I'm, yeah, I've read a lot of books and, you know, had those virtual sure. mentors. But yeah, number one would be having a mentor. Um, number two would be, uh, ignoring Facebook for Planet Ivy. So we it was increasing all the time, but because we were getting so much traffic from everywhere else on the web, and we were getting some Facebook, we kind of willfully ignored it. And every publisher has been successful; their only traffic source really has been Facebook. Yeah. So I think it's one thing with entrepreneurs they they generally know what they need to do, but they don't always do it. And yeah. that was a case of that. Um. Uh. I, I don't really do regret. Can I just end the question there?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure you can. Do you have- no, I, I, I mean,
2: I, I really can't complain, you know. Uh, when I left our metal talk, I went to Tai Lopez mansion party, um, which was exactly like an American hip-hop video. Right. There was like rappers walking around, trap music, girls in bikinis jumping in the pool and twerking. Uh, I met loads of internet marketer guys and like came up with loads of new ideas for making money. I met Tai Lopez. Uh, it was just amazing. Um, so I can't really complain. And yeah, like on well, my tour itinerary next, I have two dates in Italy, Switzerland, Bulgaria, and then I'm coming back to Canada and America. I really don't have all that many regrets.
1: No, I can I can understand <laughs> that. <laughs> of course. Most of these things you can only do here, can't you? I mean, the opportunities in the United States compared with, yeah. say, Australia and the UK are extraordinary, and yeah. uh, I guess that's why so many people come over here. Um, you've got a lot of projects that you that you're working on. Does, does most of that work come from your public speaking now?
2: Um, a lot of it, until very recently, um, where I'm actually moving a lot of it online because. I just continually have people saying, I can't come see you, when is it live streamed, when is it online, plus it's um, just a, a, a nice thing to do to keep everyone worldwide yep. uh, who can't afford to get to my talks to come out. So I'm actually moving a lot of what I'm doing online now. Um, I built my first online community, so Traffic and Copy is the group on Facebook. It's like 10 weeks old and has 5,500 members super active community and it's very strictly um, people talking about tips for better traffic and better copywriting. So it has a function and it's going really well building that community online. I'm going to start building out my mailing list and a personal Facebook page. So I am building an empire online. Uh, like so far, I've done it a very traditional way just by speaking and getting face-to-face connections, yes. which is obviously extremely powerful, um, but it's, uh, there's so, only one of me yeah, trying slow. to fail yeah. worldwide.
1: Yeah, So if, if somebody... Um, I'll give another plug at the end, but if, if somebody wants to lock into your empire... What's the best site to go to?
2: Um, I I really. Add me on Facebook as a friend. I pretty much accept everyone. And join Traffic and Copy, my Facebook group. Um, You know, a mailing list is a very one way communication. I mail you, you read it, maybe you reply once in a hundred times. But Traffic and Copy, every single day, there's posts in there that are super relevant and discussions going on, people hiring each other. So. That's like a really active uh, community, and everyone from the top CEO to the youngest intern is online all day on Facebook. So no one escapes Facebook. It's the best way to build a community for your business, um, and that's the best way to keep in touch. Um, if you have, if you do Facebook well, you don't need any other social networks.
1: So traffic and copy—is that as it sounds? Is it a and see and copy? Okay, so. Listeners, go to Traffic and Copy. So what's the main piece of advice? Now, you've come from, from nowhere, but what's the main piece of advice you'd give someone who's just starting out? You know, you, I'm sitting here, I've got a great idea, now what do we do?
2: So the first thing you need to understand is sacrifice. So you, um, if you're single, you may have to be single for a long time. (laughs) If you're in a relationship, they're going to have to be very understanding. The easiest thing to do is stop drinking alcohol. Um, That is a very easy thing to stop doing in order to increase your productivity. You know, if I tell you to focus better, well, there's all sorts of things in there. You may have sleep apnea. You may be vitamin D deficient. Um, You may have signs of ADHD, like there's so much can go wrong with focus, but sure. just not drinking alcohol is easy. Find um, slightly more difficult, but well worth doing, is eating better, so avoiding carbs and sugar and eating more natural food. Um, once you've done these basics, then I would start to talk about strategy and techniques, um, at which point it's a case of building something people want, is the main reason most companies fail Uh, when you have an idea you need to be able to write down 15 to 20 people who will buy it right now if you can't do that you are really in trouble not least because you don't know who your target audience is Uh, once you have that get a minimum viable product out the door so what's the minimum amount you could put in of effort that people would buy it so that's typically a landing page say if you're interested in buying this product leave your email here or even better Um, we will sell it to you when it comes out. Leave your credit card here. Um, Then you establish demand. Then you can put that money or effort into building the product.
1: So you would advise to um, bootstrap for as long as you can?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You'll you'll get a better valuation. If investors are looking for you, then that's a fantastic position to be in. Generally speaking, almost everyone looks for investment too early. My co-founder had to sit me down... At Nando's, a very classy Portuguese restaurant, yep. and explained to me why we had to get investment because it would, it would make us go a lot faster, but uh, I, I held out for as long as possible, and we were at 300,000 visitors a month. I see so many founders who are nowhere near that or any sort of traction, um, and they're already out looking for investment. The worst thing is, investors meet everyone. That's it's the easiest job in the world to be an investor. you just to have meetings with people. Um, and most investors will, will take meetings if you have an interesting idea just in case you suddenly spike and get loads of users and they've built a relationship with you. Yeah. Likewise, when we started Planet Ivy, we started getting meetings with huge companies really quickly because they always want to keep an eye on just in case you blow up. So a complete waste of everyone's time. So be very wary of chasing money too early.
1: Right. So, there are some hacks and tools that anyone can use today um, to get an mm-hmm. advantage. What are they?
2: So. Charlie app. Type in charlieapp.com. Type in anyone's email address, and you can find all the public information about them on the internet. Sure. So, every blog post, or their LinkedIn, or their company news. So, you can, if you meet someone, say, Oh, I'm a big fan of this sports team. And they'll be like, What? That's my sports team. You'll be like, Yes, we are friends. But you don't really like that sports team. You just found out that they did first, and you yeah. have that common ground. Yeah. It also works really well for dates. Get their email address, find that information about them, and then use it against them. Number two, email hunter. Type in any company's web address, and you'll find all of the public email addresses of people who work at that company. So if you want to sell to a company you don't know where to begin, do that. If you're doing B2B selling, then you don't want to be cold emailing people if you only have like 50 or 60 leads. What you want to do is get a warm intro. You do that through discovery. Discover.ly, go to anyone's Facebook profile and see all the LinkedIn friends you have in common or vice versa. And with this, you can then ask for warm intros to close them. Right. To keep all your leads in one place, use Streak. It's a Google Chrome tool, and you can keep a track on all of your sales. Every time a sales lead emails you, you stick a box and it goes in this flow. And if you email someone and they don't get back to you, you can use Rebump. If you email them and there's no reply, it will email them every four days forever.
1: <laughs> v bump. Okay. V bump. Yeah. V V with a V or re- R oh, R for um, redonkulous. <laughs> R e. Okay. Yeah. Rebump. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're um, if you want to get an advantage, you use CharlieApp.com. Email yeah. Hunter discoverly yep. streak yep. and rebump so yeah I mean I, I could, if
2: you look me up on YouTube I, I give like 55 of these in one of my talks but yeah those, those are five really good ones that pretty much anyone can use
1: okay so what, um, what are the major trends that are going to happen in marketing and employment worldwide in the next say five years or so
2: nice um I believe that internet marketing is going to be absolutely massive. Now, by that, I don't mean marketing on the internet. I mean the practice of creating a value ladder. A value ladder is when you give out free content so in blog posts or emails or Facebook groups, then you have an upsell to a small price product, and then you have an upsell to a bigger price product. It's like when your dentist calls you in for a free checkup, and then they say, well, now actually you need braces and a retainer, and then there's a massive upsell there. But uh, with the continuing trend of people losing their jobs and those jobs not being replaced um, and wages not going up, more people are going to work for themselves and they're going to need a business model. Now, as we've seen in musicians and entertainers, people should not try and manage themselves, especially if they're creative. You know, there's too many moving parts. But with internet marketing, it's very simple. All you have to do is create content. You create content for free, and then a certain percentage of people will pay a bigger price for your next content using something like ClickFunnels it's really really easy to have the software so all you need to do all day is create that content so you want to do a parenting blog or a cooking healthy food blog and you have an upsell to the ultimate 15 minute recipes that no one will talk about or something. You can always upsell to something else. And I really believe that worldwide, it's going to be a massive, massive trend. Um, And more in the short term, the best place to build community right now is with Facebook groups. They are different to Facebook pages in that when you invite someone into a Facebook group, they're in it by default. They don't get to opt out. So you can invite all of your friends and your co-founder invites all of their friends and that group will have like a thousand people in it in day one. And then groups are communities that grow around you. So it's not just you posting, it's other people. So you can get a really strong community around an idea so you're not just please come to our website and buy stuff. You can have discussions going on around your product. So Facebook groups and internet marketing are two areas I think will be massive as time goes on.
1: What's the biggest challenge you've ever faced? Apart from trying to think of an answer to this question.
2: <laughs> the biggest challenge I ever faced? Um, I, I don't know if uh, I have... Faced, I don't think I faced it yet
1: uh, being homeless being homeless would have been a challenge
2: yeah that was very stressful um I am trying to think of a particular moment um I guess the time that I had to go back and ask my parents to borrow money for rent because psychologically that is an indication that you as a child has failed. You know, you move out of your parents, sure. and then the idea is you can support yourself. So, you know, in the eyes of society, that was a very bad thing. So that yeah. was like I think that was the hardest thing I had to do. And then, um, you know, it, it, it was fine, and uh, I got back, and then not too long after that. That was that was like a couple of weeks after Planet Ivy was born, so that was real early. That, I really think that was one of the hardest moments.
1: Okay, so um, the persona that you see on stage—that yeah. extrovert, rapid-fire, um, colourful David Bowie character—is that? Um, do you wake up in the morning like that, or are you when the lights go on, you snap into character?
2: Well, there's a performative aspect to it, but I am an ambivert. So an ambivert is equally at home, staying at home alone for long periods and then being in front of thousands of people speaking. So all that's happening when I'm on stage is I am saying things that I have learned on my laptop. You know, that's really all, all there is to it. People say it's amazing. It's really just two, three, four years at that laptop Here's what I've learned in 30 minutes. So they are one and the same, really. Um, I have the same attitudes and beliefs uh, off stage that I do on, and I never uh, support anything I don't believe in. I also write, at the time of writing this, I may change this, um, I don't have any affiliates for any of the products that I talk about on stage mm. because what happens if someone offers me? a big affiliate feed to talk about something that I don't actually like or use, then that affects my integrity. Yep. So right now I, I don't, yeah, I don't have affiliates for all of the thousands and thousands of people who see my slides right now. Um, yeah, I, I try and keep it as authentic, um, as I can. And I always try and have fun with that.
1: Vincent, when I saw you at metal, I, you blew me away and as well as everybody else in the group. And, and, um, uh, Believe me, they're a, they're a group that have seen absolutely everybody and everything, and you are really something special. So thanks very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now you can yes. you can learn more about Vincent. You can go directly to vincentdignan.com, um, Yep. V i n c e n t d i g n a n dot com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show straight after this short break.
0: Welcome
1: back to the Bob Fritchard Straight Talking, absolutely no bullshit business radio show. Coming to you from Voice America Business Channel, the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs in the world, and we're very proud of that. And this week we're broadcasting from Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles, where technology meets entertainment. One of the problems, if you're a successful entrepreneur... Or to become a successful entrepreneur, it's the amount of money you need to spend to get traction for your product in the marketplace. You know, you invent something, then you've got to spend a bloody fortune to get it the get the message out. Well, here's a great story of how to build a three billion dollar app. A three billion that's three thousand million dollar app business and do it really inexpensively is a great lesson here for all, all entrepreneurs. Tinder. We all know it. Most of us use it. It has tens of millions of active users, and it's now worth about $3 billion. And from its launch four years ago, co-founder Sean Rad said that he knew he had a hit app on his hands. Downloads rolled in quickly, and engagement metrics were off the charts. So he thought, aha, I have a hit. Now, one day, Justin, who's involved in the company, took everyone's phones and spammed all of their address books. And uh, Sean thought, okay, this isn't probably going to work, but let's try it anyway. So we texted Tinder to literally 500 people, and immediately 80% of people we text signed up. The next day, we grew 50%. The metrics and the engagements were unbelievable. We had to fact check what we were seeing. It really set in when our friends started telling us their stories. One of uh, Rad's friends was telling him about how he never knew this girl who would, who he would see all the time, didn't have a clue that she was interested in him. And then they started dating because of Tinder. So within a matter of weeks, we were hearing all these stories and it really shook up all our friends' groups. People who knew each other but never exposed any interest were now getting connected. So we immediately knew this could have a huge impact on society. And then Justin's younger brother was throwing a party for his best friend at USC. So there was a bus going from USC to his parents' home. And the bus was going backwards and forwards, so taking a total of about 500 students. So Justin said, why don't we pay for the bus and call this a Tinder party? So Red thought, well, it's some poor girl's birthday. How can we call it a Tinder party? So... Justin called the girl and said, can we make this a Tinder party? We'll spend money and we'll make your birthday bigger and better. And she was really excited about the idea. So, we paid for, so they paid for the bus and put a bouncer at the door and told every student that they had to download Tinder. You had to show Tinder on your phone before you could go to the party. So about 400 people downloaded Tinder at USC. Then they went home, they opened, the app started matching with each other and it created this phenomenon at USC. So they realised that college campuses were a very effective means for getting the word out. We also realised that our harshest critics would be college students. And if we can win over our harshest critics, then they can win everyone else. Immediately after that, every afternoon... The whole Tinder team would leave the office, get in the car, drive by every fraternity and sorority in Los Angeles, then San Diego, then Orange County, and covered every school they could cover. And every time they went to sororities and fraternities, they'd see a 100 sign-ups. Every single sign-up in the beginning mattered. We were stopping people on the street. They would go to coffee shops and talk to each other, anything they could do to get the word out. They were doing. They'd take out the app and say, oh, this is interesting. Who told you about this great app called Tinder? And then yell it in the coffee shop so people kept hearing Tinder all over L.A. And then what happened? And this was pretty nuts. They cornered the West Coast, which is where they lived. Then in January, everyone went home for a break and told their friends So at the beginning of January, we had 20,000 users and at the end of January, they had 500,000 users and they were all organic. The growth curve was unimaginable. It was amazing. So $3 billion and just four years later, the message is clear. So Tinder went from zero three billion dollars just by word of mouth on college campuses now that's not bloody fantastic i don't know what is and you know everybody can do it you've just got to think about what you do you know too many of us go oh we'll advertise oh we'll use social media oh we'll just barrage people with all this stuff but if you think about it strategically and go about it in the right way you can achieve what they achieved $3 billion, that's $3,000 million in just four years for a couple of kids. (laughs) Woo! Hey, stop what you're doing. Whatever it is, stop it and listen up. This is a very important message for every business. Now, most of us, when we're doing business, we don't set our prices right and we leave money on the table. Now, if you want to set your prices right and increase your profitability dramatically, go to Atenga, Atenga.com, that's dot com, and download a free ebook called Seven Easy Steps to Successfully Increase Your Prices. It's a very quick read, and it may be the most profitable thing that you do all day. The guy who owns the company, Atenga, is a good friend of mine, Per Sofa's. And he's a great guy. He's as straight as die. He would will always do the right thing by you. And uh, he can get you your total investment back in just four to six weeks. So you go out, your company's fucked, you go out, you get the prices fixed, you start making a profit, four weeks' time you've paid back the investment in a tenger, and for the next 48 weeks it's all clear sailing and you're making heaps of money. How good a deal is that? And uh, go to atenga.com now. You won't regret it, I promise you. A-T-E-N-G-A dot com. Now, as you know, I send out a, a newsletter every day. Um, I'm not quite sure what today's was about. What was today's about, Margie? What was today's newsletter about? But no, I, about teenagers. It's about teenagers. What do teenagers like to in the first quarter of 2017, what are their hot buttons In as far as technology, as far as clothes, as far as food, as far as everything goes? What are their hot buttons? That was today's newsletter. So I invite you to go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and enroll for my daily newsletter. It takes just 30 seconds a day to read, and it'll keep you up to date with everything. All the business news, that's important. You go out with a girl or you go out with your boss, you'll be the smartest guy on the block, and they'll all be really impressed. Now... Remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up way too much fucking space. It's easier and it's much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Any bastard can do the ordinary. Stand wherever you are now. Look around you. They're all ordinary people doing ordinary things. So if you want to stay with that lot stay with that lot but if you want to be successful get out there and start doing the difficult stuff because it's not difficult next week we'll be back broadcasting from the Hollywood Boulevard where technology meets entertainment and I hope that you can join me again in the meanwhile I want you to continue to be successful because the alternative
0: really sucks this is Bob Pritchard